0: This is a boardwalk audio podcast.
1: Welcome to I Will Watch Anything Once. I'm your host, Mark David Christensen. Welcome back, listeners, to the second episode already of 2017. We're off to a great start. Thank you for joining in. Now, as usual, I'm going to quickly just use this opening as my my soft soapbox. I'm not the most articulate out there, but I like to talk about things I care about. Um, I just wanted to briefly touch on Meryl Streep's um, wonderful acceptance speech at the her Lifetime Achievement Award for the Golden Globes. I'm I'm a person that doesn't watch really awards anymore, um, not because they're terrible. I'm not going to, you know, shit on uh, award shows, more so just that I'm just busy. I'm not in a place where when those award shows are on that I am sitting back and relaxing and just taking it in and seeing it as like me. Wow, they're so I'm getting so close to that dream, kind of just usually. Um, doing other stuff That night I think I was um, I was giving notes on an improv show And headed to another show And we're helping a friend out Do an audition Blah 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 It has nothing to do with anything It's just I don't feel like I'm in a position in my Pursuit of the arts As an actor that I can sit down And just really revel in those award shows um, Those people get to. That's why it's kind of weird That we televise It's for them Not for us, I guess it is for us. I don't know. But, but back to Meryl Streep's speech, which was wonderful and delightful, which I watched Lily moments ago. Did not watch it the night of or any of the no more posts. But what I think is more uh, great, noteworthy of it, and what I uh, and my opinion is, instead of just continually just to pass around her speech and show everybody and look how great Meryl Streep is and her message, I think we have to internally take in that message. Um, I would encourage anybody that loves that speech that Meryl gave that you become um, another example of what she's offering up. What she says is that due to Trump's terrible behavior, it allows people to trickle down and actually get away with the same behavior. Well, I think we have to do with allow Meryl's behavior to trickle down and, and allow us to vocally speak out. Be her just like her and speak out. Um, demand that the press um, call out things. Call out people's terrible behavior, um, whether it's Trump or anybody. That's how change comes about as you be that vocal. Don't wait for your acceptance speech to be able to speak out. Do it now um, and do it Always. Um, If you know something is going to be for the better good, why not be vocal about it? That's all. That's my soapbox. Let's be all Meryl Streep's. Yay! But uh, enough of that. And what I got to say, let's get to this great episode with a wonderful guest, um, a friend of mine who I'm lucky to know through the improv community. And um, he's a wonderful uh, screenwriter as well as a wonderful um, screenwriting teacher, Tom (music) Vaughn. I'm here with Tom Vaughn, and we just watched tonight
0: the movie Vice Squad. Hi, Tom. Hello. Hello. Yeah. 1982. That's what I was
1: wondering what year it was. 82. 82. And... Awesome. Okay. Before we jump into discussing the movie, for people that have never seen Vice Squad out there that might be listening, give us, because you've seen this movie prior
0: to tonight than me, give us a quick synopsis of the film we watched. uh, A quick synopsis is a uh, 1982 film taking place in uh, Hollywood about the Hollywood Vice Squad. And the basic premise, uh, the story idea, is that a rather psychopathic pimp Mm -hmm has uh, killed one of his hookers and the uh, vice squad sergeant recruits uh, one another hooker to kind of set him up the, the, the bad, the pimp and she does so and they get the hooker and everything looks like it's going to be okay but the pimp then escapes and the whole movie takes place over one night and it's basically they've got to either find the pimp or they've got to find the hooker because if they don't, then the pimp's going to kill the hooker Woo! That's it. That yeah. is all that movie is—a real simple story. I think it's what
1: makes it made it uh, great, and we'll get to that and why I call it great. Uh, but the first question I always ask my guests after we finish the film is,
0: "Why, Tom, did you want me to see this movie?" Because not that many people have seen it.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: not that many people, and I, and I love the idea of introducing. Maybe maybe someone will hear this podcast and go, "I kind of want to see Vice Squad." Uh, but it's really hard to find. It's only available on DVD. There is no Blu-ray of it. That's what I was going to ask because tonight we didn't watch
1: it on a DVD. You actually had it on your iPhone. Yeah. And we ended up streaming it to my iMovie and I was like, yeah, this must mean that this movie is difficult to find. Yeah. Do you
0: own the DVD? Uh, not anymore because I went digital many years back. Um, but... Did you end up, I mean, maybe you don't want to admit this, but I don't know. Did you end up
1: taking a DVD that you owned and now you have a digital
0: copy? Yes. Okay. I have a digital copy of a dvd i used to have okay cool um and uh you can't get it on blu-ray like i think like they'll sell copies of it uh the dvd version for like 80 bucks on amazon because it's just you can't really find it but those who have seen it have affection for it so there is a market for it's not one of those movies made that no one wants to buy for sure i assume i assume the reason why it's not available is a rights issue I, 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 it's not that there isn't a market for this film. Because I think any movie that's made wants to get released even to
1: the small degree of a DVD or a Blu-ray. Now, yeah. Right. Yeah. And even if they don't, even if the filmmakers themselves don't think they're going to get like a big uh, profit off of it. I feel like filmmakers just were like, oh, there's a hope that somebody will pick this up and
0: actually watch it. Yeah, I do. I do wonder about it now that Blockbuster is gone, and not that you know, like yeah. you don't have that built in. We if we sell one DVD to a store, <laughs> that's true. Like we've got every yeah. like we have a, You make some money, yeah. Now but it's at the same time, the the amount of cost it takes to get to iTunes to get to is it
1: really? I've never gone through the process myself. It's like cheap, what it, it's not it really. Yeah, no, to get that's on good. iTunes,
0: it's the marketing is the issue. So you would think that would just. Someone would, would just put a copy on iTunes or Amazon or, and, and I actually check on iTunes occasionally, because one of my other favorite movies from the 80s, just, and we almost watched this one, just came out on iTunes two weeks ago. What's that one called? Uh, Split Image. Okay. And that also is equally unavailable. In fact, they're like, you couldn't get a DVD of it. Well, now it's available. Uh, you just said it's on iTunes. But it, <laughs> it just went on iTunes. It was like, I, I I bought it, I saw that it just came, I bought it within like 20 seconds. I'd be like, oh my god, it's Split images available, and just, like, just clicked on buying. That's now. great when you find like a gem. Uh, do you prefer now going digital? By the way, uh, because it, pretty pretty much, I'm I'm worried about ups you know upscaling to 4K eventually in five to ten years when there's more oh, content no. and I'll have all this 1080 content. But I just can't imagine. First, they're going to they're have a really hard time getting a lot of these titles to 4K. Um, right, there's some
1: movies that shouldn't ever be
0: pushed. To yeah. a higher resolution, yeah. right? Yeah, like I. So I'm worried about that, but for the most part, I'm, I'm digital. I, I many many years ago, I shouldn't say many many five six years ago, <laughs> I I took my entire DVD library and slowly over a, a course of time made them all uh, digital files. That's great, and then uh, sent the package to the troops. <laughs> in the middle, good East. for you. Yeah, so that's I like, cool. I didn't want to sell them because then you're stealing. You're like you're taking right. a copy and then selling it. But you Donated it. it, so I donated. I figure everyone wants to bitch about that. Yeah, fuck off.
1: Yeah, who gives a yeah. shit? You did a great deed. Yeah, you did. I mean, you you did a great deed. I think. you And you bought those previously those DVDs. Yeah, I don't like it's the much... double
0: dipping stuff. I think that's really inappropriate for <laughs> for the studios. Oh yeah, I agree with that. The There's, it's too much
1: now. Like that's what's kept me from doing some digital-like purchasing, uh, or even Blu-rays, because I'm like, well, I already own it. Yeah. I already own it on DVD. Is the Blu-ray really going to make me happier? <laughs> no. No, it's not.
0: Yeah, And no. you can
1: see I still have. I've gotten rid of a bunch. I did do a clear-out a while ago um, and ended up just I, – I, I I stole. I took it. Yeah. I donated it to Amoeba, and then I bought records with the, <laughs> the credits. So yeah. I don't care, Tom, I, I stole. <laughs> I But I purchased every DVD that I – at one point – so, you know, I recycled, I guess. I'm going to look at it that way. <laughs> yeah. But I'm wondering what I'm going to do, because there are a couple of movies <laughs> that I'm like, oh, do I want to get rid of those? Because I don't know if there's going to be ever another copy available out in the world yeah. for them. Whereas I can look at the, I'm looking at it right now while we're talking, and I'm like, I immediately see Capote, which is a movie I love because it has my favorite actor of all time, yeah. Flo, Seymour Hoffman. But I'm like, if I get rid of that one, I don't feel like that's gonna. I'm gonna be able
0: to access that. If yeah, if you have some weird urge to see Capote late at night, you'll have iTunes. You'll have yeah. Like, I feel like I'll be able to be able find, to find to it get again. To it. Yeah. Um, but then there's like Wizards, which is I just recently
1: uh, introduced it to somebody else, and it's like an old Ralph uh, back backshe, the guy that did Cool World. and okay. Fits the cat. Yeah, I've never seen it. Yeah, I love it. It's weird and great, and it's fantasy that's sort of just psychedelic and out there in sci-fi and i'm like i i don't i can't know i can't part my with that dvd because i'm sure. not aware when there will actually be another copy of it yeah. available so i'm so split but it's good to hear that you found a way to like kind of
0: take your cult your movies and digitize them yeah and I'm, I'm trying to just get just completely off topic of just getting rid of crap like i want i want to own as little as humanly possible
1: I don't think that's... uh, That's fine. We can get off topic before we return back to Vice Squad. But, like, I I did that a little bit about in the middle of last year yeah I remember like I was dating a girl at the time and I think I had her come over and just watch me load up bags while I d- asked her about why she was an atheist yeah, I think that date. was the it's conversation hot day, hot day. oh
0: god what is wrong I am, with me I can't believe that didn't last <laughs> hey I'm the one that ended it
1: she probably I, it was it was a she was cool <laughs> she was real cool uh but I'm not want to ended it um but yeah, so she was an atheist. <laughs> Did I? No. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe that played into it, but I don't believe in God. I just, I'm not an atheist. So like, you're laughing because there's no logic to no. what I just
0: said. I'm an atheist, but I'm curious why you're an atheist. <laughs> I guess that is. Are the same reasons? Because if they're different reasons, that's bullshit. we got to break up. But if there's I wouldn't the same call myself reasons, an atheist, though. I wouldn't call myself an atheist. You don't believe atheist. in God, but you don't call yourself an atheist.
1: Right. I don't know, because for me to call myself an atheist means I know what. I know for sure that there's no God, and I know word agnostic is the word. Yeah, we're looking probably for more here. agnostic. Yeah. Where I'm like, yeah, there might be a higher power. I don't fucking know. Yeah, <laughs> but I don't I like believe in this fucking god things. that sits on a throne that created us with, like,
0: like on paper, like drew us on a paper sure. and we came to life. We're sure. out of mud. I, 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 consider it. I like the image. I consider it a metaphor. Yeah, it's a great metaphor. I love the
1: well, metaphor, and I'll I mean, go I've, with that. I've spoken about him before in the past in, in other podcasts, not mine, but others that I've been. Uh, privy to have been a guest. But like Joseph Campbell, he said it best, like with those metaphors, like especially biblical metaphors, mm-hmm. like as soon as we start making them literal, they lose their meaning. Sure. And I was like, man, well, I, br- yeah, I agree. Great line. I, yeah. I agree with him on that. So that brings us to my <laughs> squad. <laughs> <laughs> Seamless transition. Yeah. Speaking of God. God. Speaking of God. Or lack of God. There is no God in the movie Vice Squad. Or a world. You? It is sort of like that's a, it's a silly that we're laughing but it is a it is presenting like if we if we're going to make a harsh statement about the world that's presented in Vice Squad. Oh, it is a godless world. It's a godless
0: world. world. It's, a, it's yeah, Hollywood, yeah.
1: Los Angeles in the 80s and it is stark. Yeah. The
0: world. That it's you're unflinching. I, I think if you were to do it now, there it would be even more extreme, just because we, they can do so much. But for 1982, this is such an unflinching, uh, brutal look. Um, and I was like, you know, I've seen the, the film a few times. I actually I watched the first 30 minutes last week. Because I was, I wanted to make sure: does this hold up? Or do I really want to watch this movie? Mm-hmm. And and of course, it hold, it held up. It was, and I stopped it. And I'll, I'm going to watch it fresh again with Dave when we when we sit down. So. Um, But it is, when I was watching at that end, because I just find that end still so tense, so there's so much tension in those last 20 minutes. But one of the things, I had dinner with a friend last week, my friend Marion, and she was talking about, we were talking about gore, we were talking about horror movies, and how quickly, you know, she gets such a quick, and understandably, such a quick... Uh, bad taste and cringing when there's like the slightest bit of sexuality and violence towards women. That like as soon as she senses any of that, it's I mean, like quite understandably so. And w- what I love, one of the things I love about this movie is that there's there's sexuality in the violence for Ramrod for the bad guy. Yeah. But not for the uh, not for the audience. It is, it is so uncomfortable and so brutal. Uh, and the acting, Susan Hubley is so good in this movie. Oh, she's great. She, what else she's, is she from that I re- immediately recognized she, her? She, her, you know, that's a good question. She is actually Kurt Russell's ex-wife. She's Kurt Russell's first no wife. No shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she did a small role in uh, uh, Escape from New York. That's probably where I recognize yeah. her from. She's, she's uh, I'm I, I not sure that the character is a hooker, but she's in the room. Yeah, Every she's in movie, she's so she yeah, is a she's hooker. Fly. She loves the business, I guess. Well, uh, like where song. he runs into a room and he talks to her and she's smoking a cigarette. And then this is Escape from New York mm-hmm. and people grab her from below and he runs. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, this is around, I think, what is it, Escape from New York, 78, uh, 79. This is 82, so it's yeah. around Escape from New York was a year before. 81 81, yeah, yeah. Um, and she's so good in it. And Nina Blackwood, uh, of MTV fame, who is Ginger, the first, uh, oh, I well, when you say MTV
1: fame, I don't recognize her, so what, she what was How was she the, famous for? She was one MTV. of the first
0: MTV VJs, oh, really? Yeah, it was Nina Blackwood. Um, oh god, I can't believe I forgot the rest of the name. Like, as soon as you, I, I would hear them, I would remember right. it. I get it, uh, JJ. Uh, Martha Quinn, now they're all coming back to me <laughs> um, for sure. and and she's so good like in the beginning and and you there's nothing glamorous about that. like it's so it's a watch
1: So for someone that's seen it for the first time night, I mean, you probably. I I sort of verbalized a little of the cringing and like, because yeah. I get uncomfortable. I'm not a person that will turn away, yeah, um, because I'm like I'm here to watch this movie and experience whatever they're going to put up. But like, um, that moment is very like when Ramon first, even before he came. So going back before he even goes into the hotel room before yeah. he first beats up Ginger before she, to um to the point of her death. It's like. I was uncomfortable. Just him, the way he talked to her yeah. through the door. Yeah, I'm already going. Ah, this guy is the scariest. He's what bad is, news? Is bad news. Yeah. Don't don't open that door. Just the way he was like fingering the door as he yeah. talked to her. He's was so just, good in this. He really is. The main I,
0: actors are so good in this. I would movie. agree.
1: I I don't I don't know most of them, and it's like these actors stood out as something that I was like. I was sort of surprised that I hadn't really seen them at other places.
0: Yeah, uh, Wingshauser had a good career. Is that the guy that that's Ramrod? Ramrod, yeah, and I and I think Ramrod is just one of the great cinematic bad guys. Oh, I I would agree. No, just okay. so good. Um, he's so terrifying. He's so scary, um, and not like not uh like Friday the thirteenth scary like a human but a total psychopath. Oh yeah. It's he's a believable yeah. sociopath that you're just like, oh no, no, please don't. What do you what do you do in this world when you come into contact with people like that? Like like we just not we're not prepared at all to deal with people like that when they come into our lives. No. And the, any any like like we're talking about the sexuality
1: towards the women in violence because I, I can agree with your friend that like any of that when they're like actually trying to like they give it the spin that it is makes it sexual. Like this, finance yeah. is sexual or room. We're gonna like make it exotic and tantalizing for the audience. She's like, gonna, she's gonna hate it, but kind of like, yeah, it. I hate <laughs> that shit. Show. Like Ugh. fuck off. No, no, yeah. thank you, no, Ugh. thank you. That's a lie. That's yeah. a lie in a sense and, 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 and to the audience and and it's for the pleasure of the view, of um, a viewer. Not, yeah, you're not really telling a truthful story on on on, on in the movie. This. Even his way... Every way he handled a woman was fucking terrifying and uncomfortable. Yeah. Like, when she goes in... um, When Princess goes into the bar to snag him for the first sting... Yeah. And he just... In a public place... See, that's that's what he truly became a villain. Like, we knew he was scary before when he went to get Ginger. And we saw him brutalize her. So, we get it. He's a villain. But the fact that he, in a public space at this bar... Treats Princess the way he does yeah. made him even more terrifying to me. He like handled her with like such grip in the yeah. back of her hair when they were sitting there. He put his fingers in her mouth, and I was just like, "Why is nobody stopping this the, man?" This
0: man has no fear of consequences. Yeah, he's a psychopath with no fear of consequences. It's so it's insane! It's terrifying. It
1: was the it's, scariest
0: thing I've yeah. seen. One of the scariest things yeah. I've absolutely it's, seen. It's, it's a great, great horror movie in that sense. Even though like it's a it's a it's technically a police thriller, it's a real-life horror movie. But that, that character is
1: very scary. Uh, yeah. scary. And I think, I think that the aspects of it are horror. Yeah. Like the through line for him and going after Princess and all that feels very horror.
0: Yeah. My my brother this, has a, a website called kindertrauma.com, and they had a great post a few days ago of – uh, 15 great horror films that aren't horror movies, uh-huh. uh, and it's movies like this that are yeah. just that are essentially horror films that bring you through the emotion of horror films, but are not technically. Yeah, they're horror like they're, films. they
1: they exist more in a thriller. Yeah, it's like did you see Green Room this year? Yeah, I did. I think that's that that's great that because that to me is. Oh, you have the horror elements, but this isn't a horror. It's a
0: thriller. Yeah, and oh yeah,
1: it's my, f- it's currently my favorite movie I've seen this year. Yeah,
0: yeah, I, I, I can see why. Yeah, it's, it's great.
1: But this had things like that, and that, yeah. especially the brutality.
0: I was yeah. just like, holy! Hell. God, at the end, at the end, when he pulls out the pimp stick, um, <gasps> and and she just sees it, and she knows what she's in for. And just her reaction to it is just wrenching. It's just so tough to watch. Yeah, it's just, she knows what's ahead. And uh, it, uh, yeah, it's it's great. It's, it's um, horrific. And I wonder how much of like like Wingshauser, Gary Swanson, who plays Walsh. dude mm-hmm. um, uh, I mean, Walsh is he? That guy is so, so good. good. He's so good, so natural, and such like a good. Like, leading man in that, like, kind of rough. And I'm like, why
1: have I never seen this guy before? I am
0: baffled why he did not have a huge career. And he's had a good career. He's worked. He's a working actor. He's made his living as an actor, which to me is the ultimate success. Um, And he does, you'll see him do bit pieces um, in uh, feature films. Does a lot of New York theater um, teaches uh, a lot. He's a teacher. He was one of the last great actors out of uh, Lee Strasberg.
1: No way. Yeah, that's like, Lee, like
0: there was, I read some line about him that uh, he was like one of the the few actors that Lee Strasberg genuinely loved. Like wow. just really loved Look, it
1: shows. Him.
0: Yeah, because I think
1: from the get go, I'm like this guy's believable. And like, yeah. and I like him, but he's also he's like that cop that like, even though you hate like. He plays it. There's such a good line of where you like fucking like fuck cops. <laughs> then you're like, I like this guy, even though he's a fucking cop. Yeah. Because even the way he treats uh, Princess to like kind of get her to to work with him is 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 rude. Brutal, brutal, really brutal, and brutal. And, cr- and really just terrible to her. But you honestly like the way he plays. He just skates that line between yeah. like, well, he's getting the job done. He's, yeah. And he actually cares. He just he's doing a tactic that you might not agree with, but you're like. You know how this streets work best, and you know the only way you can get her to help you is scare the shit out of yeah. her, and like bring the reality
0: to her doorstep. You got the breaker, your breaker, and maybe she'll agree. Yeah. Why don't, why don't we? Uh, why don't we ask Ginger? Why don't we? You know, just real nonchalant. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And then
1: oh my god, when he pulls that back and shows her dead body to you her, know, that is her. Thing. That's such an insane moment, and her reaction is just like so, you would freak out. So
0: good, so good, such a good scene. And but then, I like
1: how this movie sort of takes a step back in moments like that. Just the, some like the way it's shot, it's it's like that moment. Even though it'd be prior to that moment, you're doing like kind of some cuts, traditional like yeah. cutting. But when they hit that, it just takes a step back and makes a it a pretty not a full wide but a pretty like medium wide shot
0: yeah. on all of them two three characters react to that they moment. Let, they let these actors go and I loved that yeah and and it's like just even small and like there's so many details in the movie that are great and we can get to those. but like just like the little from the actors the little inflection of Of when he first shows her Ginger the face, like the dead body, and then the second time he throws her face in, just the Mm -hmm. way his voice goes down, and now it's not screaming at her; it's going, "Look at her, she's your friend." There's like such a like. There's so many great choices, Um, and, and you would never, like in 1982, 1983. There's a movie called Vice Squad in the movie theater. Like you would never think, oh, I bet that's a really well acted, smart, interesting film. It's it's Grindhouse, you know. It's it's an exploitation film at an Afco Embassy, um, yeah. And that's another like it's just part of the time of that these movies were going to movie theaters. Like they're like the yeah. home video market hadn't exploded yet. Uh, it was there, but it wasn't guaranteed money like it was in the late eighties, early nineties. Yeah, and so these would these would go to movie theaters and. Uh, all these independent distributed AFCO Embassy. They uh they did Escape from New York as yeah. well. Like that was a great company making these kind of movies. Yeah, huh. uh, yeah. It was, it's it's a great product. How of did the you time. see the movie originally? I'm pretty sure I saw it in VHS. Okay, I'm pretty sure I saw it in VHS. I'm like ninety percent. Um, I'm usually it's strangely I'm usually pretty good at. Uh, movies that I saw back then, I can remember what theater I saw them in because mm-hmm. I was young and I was remembering everything. Yeah. Whereas, like now, I was like, I had like ten years ago, I can't remember what movie. It's like, <laughs> did I see it in the movie theater or not? Did I, <laughs> uh, but I saw it on VHS, and this, and it was. um one of those movies we we brought home, and we didn't quite know what to expect. When you say you brought home, who brought it home? You and uh, usually it was me. And my brother Lance okay. would like Lance introduced me essentially to the art. Is that an older brother? An uh, older brother, yeah. Uh, and uh, he loved horror movies. I love these kind of movies more than he does. Like I like more grindhouse. Like we, he loves horror films. Like I and I can't uh, I can't plug his website enough of Kinder Trauma definitely check it out yeah it's it's basically about 70s and 80s horror (laughs) movies and how they affected your youth and what your (laughs) memories are of these horror films it's a great it's a great (laughs) website Uh, but he introduced me to movies he introduced me to writing he introduced me to the arts Um, and this was just one of those movies we brought home I'm pretty sure I lived in Connecticut Mm -hmm. during the time I'm pretty sure Uh, and watched it one night and knew it was pretty good and I, as I would watch it later on and get older, I'd see it again every you know every three or four years or something yeah. like that. And then I'm like, God, no! This is legitimately good. This is a legitimately good film. And uh, I mean, the guy, the fat guy's named Ramrod. I mean, yeah, like, what? A, and he had a name. So this is a movie too that like I noticed other filmmakers
1: in it before they came along. Immediately, I'm like, so for Ramrod, for one, his. When we're introduced to Ramrod, it's introduced... Which you pointed out is a great shot. Oh, I love screen. that shot. Yeah. It's a beautiful shot. It's the It starts with the stationary, which you think is a stationary, mm-hmm. on the backside of this... I believe it's a Bronco. Yeah, it's a Bronco. Bronco. But... On the back of the Bronco, the cover over the t- the spare tire says Ramrod,
0: yeah. and it
1: matches the color of his Bronco.
0: I love that
1: touch. Yeah, I love it. Love this. Of course, a, uh, of course, a, a psychopath is going to have that.
0: Of course, but like, he is.
1: But then that immediately makes me flash to be like, okay, Quentin Tarantino. Of course, you have a character that has a pussy wagon on it because you've seen Vice Squad. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, there's elements, and I'm like, yep, these are the grindhouse movies that Quentin Tarantino yeah. saw, and now he's He's made. I, I have no doubt he loves this movie. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Yeah, I would be... Uh, I'd be shocked so, if he goes, yeah, Dad, I, mean, I never saw it. Yeah, I'd be like, you're <laughs> out of your mind, you're, <laughs> I'd too. I'd call him a fraud. <laughs> I'd be like, you've never seen the Vice President? You're a fraud. You're a liar. <laughs> you've been lying this entire time. Yeah,
0: he's usually pretty good at... I love that movie yeah Yeah. but then
1: those aspects and a lot we'll we'll talk about other little touches that I think have great humor in this that I love that made LA in the 80s look so insane and I loved everything about it but then this tracking shot so it starts at that stationery Ramrod lets a, like I assume one of his hookers or just a random hooker yeah. out of his car. Then he drives around and circles around to go to a hotel, and it's one track yeah. truck that just crosses the street, probably on a crane. I'm guessing, or, or a car. Probably didn't have enough money for yeah. a crane. Yeah. Or or the you? most it could be yeah. is maybe tracks. Yeah, um, but then. That shot's so gorgeous, and it's just so like well paced. It's yeah. just patient that I was like, "Oh, P.T. Anderson saw this movie too." I was like, "This looks like a shot out of Bo- yeah. Bo- Boogie Nights."
0: That's, That's a really all, like, good
1: point. And like, I even, didn't even think about that. that. Yeah, and also a lot of the driving shots. The, in when they used cars felt like boogie nights to me that I was like, Oh P. T. Anderson, you are so influenced by this. Which I
0: love. He's one of yeah, my favorites. Absolutely. But I was just like, that's all I was seeing. It was like, oh, yep, there it is. I could see this. Yeah, like it's it's uh I I have a theory that the the, the company wanted to make a movie called Vice Squad uh-huh. and didn't realize they gave it to good filmmakers. <laughs> I, I mean, thought that totally could happen. Easy. They're yeah. like, just take this budget. <laughs> we don't care. We
1: just need to push this movie out. And then the filmmakers are like, yeah, let's just budget and just like write yeah. something
0: good. Yeah, let's actually cast some good actors. Why don't we do that? Or like, Yeah, then the director
1: and the writers are like, yeah, we just stumbled into writing a good yeah. script. Let's just like, do it. Season let's do it good. Like you
0: could have casted and I she's a beautiful woman, but you could have casted someone more obviously, uh, like, a sex appeal. Right. She's attractive. Totally. But, like, like she's such a—she's so good in this. Like, she was cast because she's so damn good Yeah, in she's it. great. Yeah. Um,
1: and, uh, yeah, you could easily—if you're trying to make, like, a movie that's just supposed to be tantalizing and, like— exploitation yeah. you could have easily gone so much lower we'll and just like, on oh you you with the big boobs like yeah. you got it you like, know what I mean like some asshole behind I just a deck that Shannon never gets
0: yeah
1: <laughs> she'll do it she'll do it whatever <laughs> but they're like no we're doing this the right way and it's so great that they did yeah because this movie for someone that's just seeing it for the first time it I would say if I had priorly pri- seen it it totally holds up yeah This is a movie I would love to... Like, I would go and see it on the big screen. Like, if it was at the New Beverly or something, oh, I'd be like, it'd I be so I would absolutely
0: love to see it at the New Beverly. To, to see it, like, at that scope would be so fun. It's a, it's a beautifully shot film, and and the storytelling in the camera is great. Like, Ramrod lurking in the back and, yes. and like, so many moments. That horror
1: like, like, when he's in the truck,
0: oh the way
1: they tracked that shot and they block it, it's just like, God, you guys took your fucking time. Yeah. You made this movie good.
0: Because that part's so yeah. creepy. Her looking at, like, the, the stuffed animals yeah. and yeah, he just the phone, red, and turns just kind of to red. around, like, oh. and all of a sudden he comes out of frame, and then comes back in frame across the street yes. and stops. Yeah, there's so many great moves like that. Even the
1: one that's like maybe obvious, but I love when it's done well. Is when she's in the uh, the end apartment trying mm-hmm. to get away from him, and he, she's hiding behind the red, but she can see a, her yeah. silhouette. It perfectly swings around this this weird paper um, backdrop that he yeah. has hung up. So the camera swings around to get onto her side, but then it perfectly frames up that you know there's this empty space behind <laughs> yeah. it. And you're just like, I'm like Ramrod's coming through yeah, that gay guy But it, it wasn't like done in the way where like I think it's obvious. I'm thinking, damn right, filmmakers, you're making my brain go. Yeah, she is in a she's um not safe yeah. and i think that's perfect
0: filmmaking because yeah. you're telling me the story with the camera without anything else yeah. and they waited long enough oh, so there's like a little doubt maybe of he's going not do that. away yeah. are they playing like that ah, it's
1: so good it's yeah. so good it's like and then you see those moments you're like yep every movie that you've ever seen that saw it somewhere here or you just go yeah. like you filmmakers are filmmakers just know
0: they take it from the best, and they do it again, and they yeah. do it right, yeah. and Gar- they build on it. Gary Sherman did another film called Dead and Buried, I think, before that, probably 81, I would uh-huh. guess, um, uh, with James Ferentino and uh, Melody Anderson, I think, uh, which is another another great film. I prefer this to it. It mm-hmm. hasn't aged as well as this one had. Right. That um, can happen. But it's still a very uh, – he, he's a good director. Uh, and he's another one. I was like, I'm surprised. He, he like his career. Yeah, didn't. I wonder.
1: I just wish there were like. A documentary about someone like that to find out—is there something in their life that sort of just set them on a different path than somebody else?
0: Yeah, and maybe it was just like, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah, it could be that. Because we always kind of assume you got kicked out of the business for some reason, and then you can easily leave. You just go, God, this isn't—I don't need this bullshit. Yeah, there's plenty of people that do that. But we always kind of project our own feelings into this. Of just like, oh well, of course he kept trying because, like, that's what we do. But you never know. Yeah, you really
1: never that I, I learned, like, a recently, or when I say recently, probably months ago, I went and did a Geek and Sundry show where we got to read this uh, old Catwoman script by the guy that wrote Heathers. Yeah. And it's terrible. It's so, like, there's so much things that are insane. I personally think he's purposely did it yeah. to throw it at the studio because uh, I read articles about how like, he got sick of working in the studio system yeah. and he was being paid. He just started writing scripts that he purposely was like, when they hit their ta- their desk, these people are just going to shelve it. That's all they're going to do. So you read this thing and it's so nonsense, but I think it's him actually making a commentary on how Hollywood is looking at women and looking at the world. Yeah. And so it comes off like you might read it as going like, this guy is just like racist and sexist (laughs) and I'm like I actually think he purposely was going no, this is what I think of the people that are running things. Yeah. And if they don't get this, of course, they're going to shelve it. They think it's too much. Yeah. Because it's a weird commentary on it. But I think he, why I bring that up is because he was a guy that actually went away purposeful. Yeah. He was like, I um, don't want to do this. And then he came back, and I think he did a vampire movie a oh, couple years ago in the 2000s. And I was like, yeah, he chose to come back
0: when he wanted to. Yeah. And you sometimes you just take a break. You know, yeah. I, I left the business entirely for a few years. And it wasn't me going, I'm sick of this shit. It was work had dried up and right. I needed to break. Yeah, everybody and, has and breaks. Then, and then work started coming back. So I said, all right, this, I miss it. And it's time
1: good. to do this again. Yeah, yeah, good for you. I think yeah. that's great.
0: Um, well, I'm glad you're back. Now I know the only reason I would
1: know you is if you weren't <laughs> back, right? <laughs> I would have never met you at some point. Uh, but that's that's wonderful yeah, to hear. she's Like
0: you like look at like so many little things that they do, like when she's in the bathroom and she's changing for the first time. Oh it's so good. That it starts tracking up. Yeah. shot is so cool. And then like in the corner is a homeless person mm-hmm. and then coming through the door are some people who look like they have a little money. They're a little But they're older. like older too. Yeah. yeah.
1: And they're like clearly caught off guard by this Yeah, like this coming and that.
0: out. And like there's so many little beats and little moments that they, and that's what you don't normally see in these films is you don't normally see those little touches because people don't care enough or they're like, they don't like, they don't have enough time. They're moving through. Yeah. Um, it's just, and like when she's with the, uh, the chauffeur and she has that great act, you know, like I, I'll be in church. Uh, oh my God. I that will forgive that old fuck. And they hold on as she walks up the stairs and she disappears out of frame and then all of a sudden, she throws him that thing. It's such a good moment. Yeah, because you just are there
1: with the butler, and
0: you're like, yeah, or the chauffeur, and you're like, oh my god, and you then, just got to enjoy that little moment. And then he throws the bouquet, and there's like so many little moments of this scene itself tells a story. We're going to tell the story of this scene, and then we're going to move on. We're not going to just just race through this shit just to get to the plot
1: no they don't at all
0: yeah because that whole moment I love and it's like again
1: another thing where I go oh P.T. Anderson you're totally influenced by this (laughs) and I, I say that in the highest regard sure
0: of course And maybe he's never seen it. I don't know. I doubt it. I feel like they're both influenced by the same person. Yeah, Yeah. maybe
1: so. Yeah. Um, Is like, I loved all the touches of this world. Like, every place they went had its own identity. Yeah. And even the smallest things. Like, when when, uh, Ramrod goes... Does first when he goes to her previous pimp Dorsey, mm-hmm. I believe, yeah, sugar pimp, yeah, sugar pimp. He's in his own space, man. Yeah. He's this fat black pimp who's in
0: a robe and like I robe, believe red underwear, eating and something, laying it like on the eating. couch. Yeah, looks
1: like he's eating. He's just lounging, but his room is so brighter than the yeah. rest of the film yeah. we've seen. He clearly loves living his way. He seems like he's he's way more Didn't feminine. Do anything? Did you just any- opens the door? But do- you got to see this world, yeah. just. And it was worth it. Yeah. It was so worth it that you got to see that world for briefly because you're like, this is a whole world. It's not just a one bland, like, kind of like a flat line of like, well, we're
0: going to show a dark streets and it's just gonna be a flat line yeah and every- then the like the, the S&M guy gives him the gun
1: the yeah. S&M guy's tattoo was driving me crazy yeah. I loved it but it was driving me crazy I was like why that's
0: someone should have told you not to get that <laughs>
1: it's like a big eagle on his head and yeah s yeah. and he's S&M. I mean
0: because see like when you like there, it, there's a little bit of uh, we mentioned it earlier escape from New York and that of like going to different parts of town yeah and uh, escape from Los Angeles which isn't obviously nearly as good but hits it even harder of mm-hmm. uh, this part Town is this way, like Chinatown, this way. Um, And I remember like 79 was The Warriors, Mm -hmm. uh, which Walter Hill directed. And the original conception of the Warriors was that it took place in the future. It would explain why they had all these gangs that you don't actually see, you know, in, yeah. <laughs> in New York. But the idea was working their way through New York and through the bureaus. And here's this world. And they escape from this world. And then they go to this world, escape from this world. And now and I'm just thinking about it. There's like a little bit of Lord of the Rings part of it. You know? Oh, like, yeah, totally. A little, little chap. And then they But they do it in a movie called Vice Squad. Yeah, and they do it's, it great. They do it great. And then like the like, older— Asian guy with martial arts. Oh my god, and that part was so
1: silly but great, because you're like Okay, they go. Let's talk, backing up a little. Like yeah. I love they have a place with the the hookers, like their bar yeah. that's attached to like the hotel. That had its own feel. Yeah. That was a little lighter. And they're like, you get to see how they're like, yeah, this is a shitty life, but we have each other's backs. Yeah, and you're like, okay, this is another aspect of this. Then yeah, you have the lady that runs the hotel for the hookers. Yeah, and she has her own personality. Like she's and I was just like, that's great. And then her best her friend which you think is maybe your husband but I love he just yeah. says that's my friend that's my friend and he's a guy just Chinese guy this, so he beats up two cops and that part's so funny because they're the cops that let Ramrod go yeah. yeah, and it's so but it's weird it's like it's 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 like slapsticky but it doesn't really deviate from the reality still no. even though it's funny you're it like works. it doesn't break yeah. the the tone of the movie you're just like oh you dumb you're the two fuck ups Yeah, we already watched you fuck up once because you're talking shit to Ramrod and sitting in the back without, and with his letting him have his feet up,
0: you dummies. Like you brought that on yourselves. Yeah. And then just like just mention like the hookers that are all together. Like there isn't the hooker with the heart of gold here. No. You know, like the most cynical person is the hooker who finally in and probably perceives as helping Walsh as a huge mistake. That I should not have helped this. Like I should not have done the right thing. And then that great, that last line of like, why do you do it while well, she'll never change the streets? Like, she has not changed. No. At all. She's like, this is this was worthless. Like, yeah. Like, this was not worth me going through this pain. Yeah. No. Yeah. At all. Yeah. Which is a great moment. And ballsy for a movie. Yeah. Like, the guy at the heart of gold is the jaded cop? Yeah, right? it's the closest thing we have to a heart of gold. Yeah, exactly. Is the jaded heart? It's the jaded cop who who shoves one hooker's <laughs> face into the face of her dead friend. Her friend? You know, like yeah. that's that's the Coney. heart of gold version in this movie. Exactly. And um, I love in that
1: like that that final moment is so good to me. I really liked the final moment. I liked the dialogue in general throughout yeah. this entire movie. Actually, it really. Stood its ground and, like, it's it's so pulpy. Yeah. It made me feel like I was in, in the world, also. It kept making me remind me of other things I loved. It reminded me of, uh, what's his name, the writer. Oh my God. The guy that Justified is based on. Oh Elmore Leonard? Yeah. It felt like I was an Elmore Leonard yeah. bo- book. And I was like, this is so good. Like, every character has a very clear voice. There's no one that doesn't have a clear voice. And I think that's just. So masterful, done, masterfully done. But one of my favorite moments at the very end is when, one, oh, real quick, there wouldn't, In a Hollywood version of this, those two would have fucking hooked
0: up. And I'm so glad that there was no
1: chance of, like, the cop and the hooker like, I'm going to get you out of this and then we're going to be together and I'm going to go to San Diego and be with you and your daughter. (laughs) I was like, thank God they did not decide to let that happen because it just wouldn't have made sense. And they made it clear that, that, no, he's
0: just trying to clean up the streets and take care of these women, but he's doing it and the only way he knows, and it's really put them through hell. He's (laughs) trying to do the right thing. He's just not entirely clear of what the right thing is. Yeah, and how could you... I mean, it's it, It, and there's another film
1: director. I'm going to bring up so many other film directors because I think that they were influenced by this. Is like, this reminds me of a lot of like right there with Michael Mann in the 80s.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. It feels
1: so much up there with Thief in his Manhunter that I'm like, this was, this guy's just doing what he was doing. It just happened to not get the focus that Michael Mann got. Yeah. Um, because that's what it really, it really felt that way. That, and I think it plays to the same thin line that Michael Mann would always play with with his bad guys sure. and his good guys were like no it's just a thin line down even to heat where it's like we're only we're two sides of one coin and both aren't that great
0: yeah <laughs> yeah there's there's uh it was such a i a borderline its own genre at this point of just how decrepit the inner city is yeah. and and back then the inner city was Hollywood, Times Square, We like it wasn't the ghetto, it wasn't, we weren't when, like now you say the inner city you think of uh, like more black neighborhoods, things mm-hmm. like that uh, more urban and people were kind of almost ignoring that in the 70s, what they were mostly scared about were was Times Square, was Hollywood Boulevard which is pretty crazy, yeah because
1: yeah, like, now we look at them and we're like Oh, they're so touristy and overpopulated yeah. with just
0: people. Yeah, I like yeah. Uh, the Times Square in the seventies and the early eighties was a stink hole. I mean, it was just horrible. I was being it wasn't born yet, but
1: any depiction I've seen it in film or like documentaries, I'm like, damn, damn. Like, you know, they, like that is pretty crazy that the, that was the central point of oh, of awful. these cities.
0: Yeah, it was just it it was um, so much debauchery. Um, just crime, prostitution, disease, I and mean, it was just. And they, when they cleaned up Times Square, it gave Hollywood kind of the courage and the impetus to go. We can clean up Hollywood Boulevard, <laughs> yeah. uh, and they've done a pretty good job of it. Done, yeah, I, yeah. It's just like it ain't. It ain't this anymore. You know? No, it's <laughs> it definitely
1: <ain't>, not this. <laughs> you know, it's, it's definitely yeah. all that's pushed other places. Yeah. But
0: there's a lot of a taxi drivers. Probably the most famous of just someone just getting just emotionally beat down of like how filthy the the city oh, is yeah. uh, a lot of vigilante films in the 70s and 80s or like there's like Death um, Wish Death Wish a lot of ex, like a lot of ex, like um, uh, back in the day this would be a devil's feature with The Exterminator which was uh, oh, yeah um, what is The Exterminator The Exterminator is it was uh, in the 80s probably before this Robert Ginty was the actor in it I can't remember who directed it but the the poster was a guy with a motorcycle helmet on and a flamethrower. <laughs> like awesome. that's what it was. And uh, and it was a basically a Vietnam vet whose buddy got killed and so he went, All right, I'm gonna clean up the streets. And he sometimes occasionally did it with a flamethrower. Love it. Uh, it was real big on HBO, which is how I saw it. We right. got a bootleg copy on VHS <laughs> from HBO. We're like, We're gonna see the exterminator. That's awesome. Uh, but there was a lot and there was a film called Angel. Um and these are all like uh, very inexpensive exploitation movies that went to theaters and had commercials and had advertisement. I mean, like they were they were playing alongside Hollywood studio films oh, wow. at like the Gateway Three. And that's why it was such a weird, interesting time because you just don't see that anymore. Like, yeah, like you, you just, don't, you'll never see that. Um, but Angel was about a high school girl uh, who was also a prostitute at night uh and well, I see. somebody trying to do a, their version of risky business in the uh, world without out well, it was more like, the it media. was kind of more like vice squad and okay. then, like her friend was killed and she became a vigilante oh, so more vigilante. yeah okay. and, and angel was definitely kind of what you think of as a, a not very well done exploitation like the exterminator is very exploitative. it's not it, it's not smart and holds up Like this one. So like this is kind of stands out out of all of those movies that were made of one that is a legitimately good film that holds up by smart, talented actors (laughs) and filmmakers. And I I can only wholeheartedly agree.
1: And back to the the line that I didn't discuss like moments now, minutes ago, is at the very end when he everything is settling and they're getting Princess into her ambulance uh, Walsh comes up to her with the, the stuffed animal she got for her daughter and gives it back to her, but it's one of my favorite fucking moments because it's so honest, because you're thinking it. As he gives it to her, you as the audience, I think, are thinking what she ends up saying. He hands it to her and he's like, hey, I think this is yours. And typically, you probably would have had her take it, and it would have been a cute bullshit Thanks, moment. Thanks, Walsh. Thanks. But she looks at and he's like, it's covered in blood, Walsh. <laughs> She just calls it out and hands it back to him. And I think that's such a great fucking moment. Like, to me, that is such great dialogue. Yeah. Great moment. Again, I'm just like, this emulates everything I love about Elmore, Elmore Leonard and all yeah. these other filmmakers Filmmakers
0: I love. And I'm like, there the, it is. This stupid, you know, oh. stupid gesture. Yeah, stupid gesture on his part. And like trying to make a connection, and he does make a connection. It's just a different One connection than what he expected. Yeah, uh, because there is there's like the moment of honesty, and and oh, God well, damn I think he wanted it the coming. whole time. That's yeah. what I think is great about his character is that
1: he really did want a connection. Yeah, absolutely. Because when after he they f- think they have Ramrod the first time, he has dinner with her, and he t- you can tell he's trying. Yeah, he thinks it's like it's like many people, and I've met them or had those moments in your life where you're like, I I can. I can turn, help this person turn a new leaf. Yeah. That's all he wants, and he
0: can't. He's and, incapable. And did of you that. Did you catch his daughter's dad?
1: Yeah, because she says she was. He she says, she, she says she's, she's pretty. pretty. She yeah. was. She was. And it's such a subtle.
0: It's great. great. And it's like you don't need to expound anymore. Yeah, we it. just know you're broken now, by that. A yeah. Little bit. And now we kind of know why this idiot is trying to fix the streets. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like he just he's got this thing that's never going to be satisfying. He's mm. got this thing that he'll never heal. He'll never finish yep and just from that little moment of she was
1: yeah but I love that that's That's a smart writer to be like it's enough that the audience will hear it and see the picture in that moment that you don't need to expound on it we don't need
0: a fucking flashback and (laughs) And then her reaction to it she's like ah she has to go I'm sorry or anything like that she just keeps going on her night no, because she's like, yeah,
1: we yeah. all we all have our shit, man. Yeah. I'm a fucking hooker that has a kid that I had to send to San Diego,
0: uh, and then like the maid calls her princess, and she's, oh, like, she's like, don't Do not call, call, call her. Princess. I love that.
1: I love when you found out why. Yeah, as soon as you heard her call, being princess I was like, oh, I love that. And and I think that was again smart filmmaking, because to nowadays, I think they we we kind of like or you see films not all of us but we see films where you kind of don't have any mystery in the first yeah. like 15 minutes now we kind of have to be like exposition gotta get all gotta, out gotta let it out can't let the audience like how get how do we bored, make sure they or, know his, his daughter's dead yeah. you know. this movie when you're first starting it you're like what the fuck is going on why is this lady sending her like Teary eyed with her daughter, who just called her on the phone. Who's she's saying like I left him? She beats me up. So I'm going. Is this her sister? Yeah. You're and like, but I liked this about that because it had me as the audience. Captivated, by like wanting to know the answers to the question yeah. I'm asking myself, rather than the film going. We're going to give them to you all right now, so you'll stay in your seats. Yeah. It's more of like we're going to keep you in seat because this is going to be such well filmed and written that you're going to want these yeah. questions answered, and that's what kept and more satisfying.
0: Like every each time, is oh, satisfying. Yes,
1: because you're like, wait, what's going on? You're sending her away. I'm going because even even me as, uh, as a filmer, I'm going. It's called Vice Squad. Is she a cop? Is she a cop? And I'm like, no. She's the hooker. Holy yeah. shit. Yeah. She's the hooker. She just sent her daughter away. Who was that girl that she took? Her? Oh, shit. That, do- that woman's in danger. Why this sociopath? The psycho. The yeah. psychopath is fucking going to kill her. And then you're like, then it just kept going and unraveling. Um, and I was like, perfect. Yeah. Why can't I see a little more of that? I mean, yeah. I'm not saying there are. Because like something like Green Room does that a little sure. bit. Oh, yeah. Um, and there's movies that done it. But I was just, I loved the, 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 their, their ability to be patient with me. Yeah. And let me live it, in mystery for a little bit. It takes so
0: much confidence to like to in in, in in your skill level and in knowing what story you're telling, and not try to tell more and not try to tell less. I mean, like they, this is these are skilled filmmakers. Uh, I think Gary Sherman ended up directing a lot of TV. Uh, oh, director, I, yeah, yeah, I think maybe I've glanced. Yeah, I think it he, did a, he did. a lot of TV, but like I, um, yeah. Just, it's exciting to have someone see it for the first time. Because also, you're also questioning yourself of like, how much of this is just my affection from my youth? How much of this is? Am I going to watch this? Because I saw Valley Girl again. Uh, last year,
1: and that is that the one with Helen Hunt? Yeah, it's no. with
0: Nicholas Cage. Nicholas, I've no, I haven't seen it. Yeah, so. it's the it's the movie that I'm thinking of. Girls just want to have. <laughs> Girls just want to have. Yeah, I'm an idiot. Yeah. Same thing. <laughs> uh, but they're both based on song titles. It's not that <laughs> yeah, crazy. Yeah. Uh, but that doesn't hold up as well. It's still mm-hmm. enjoyable, but my affection for it is definitely my affection from my youth, right? And how it made me feel then, how it makes me feel now, reminds me of that stuff. Um, I you know I watched it with a friend. And I was like, oh, all right, that didn't hold up as well as I had hoped. For this one, like, I hope it holds up as well. And that's why I told I told her to watch that first thirty minutes. I'm like, yep, this still does. This is still that's great. great. And I'm glad I'm glad it still held up because I'm
1: well, we wouldn't be here watching it. You wouldn't have not, you
0: would have been like, we're not watching that movie. Like, <laughs> we're gonna <laughs> yeah, do yeah, something like, else. But thank God because you brought it, and I really enjoyed it. Yeah, and it's also it reminds me just like that line of there's blood on it, Walsh, and like it reminds me like having you react to it. Reminds me of how great that line yeah. is, and having Ramrod get killed. And I heard your like little clapping of just like how happy you and were. You're so happy when he gets
1: it. And uh, there's an acting moment in that that's so Michael Mann. Do you remember? Uh, maybe you know because it reminded me sort of of the moment in Heat. You've seen Heat, right? Mm-hmm. You know, like the that's one of my favorite endings of a movie when he shoots him and the and then they hold hands. Yeah, and it's just kind of that weird piece after the violence. Yeah. That's one of my favorite moments was in Vice Squad was after all this brutal violence to finally take down Ramrod. he finally gets him and he shoots him. And he does this thing where after the final shot, he kind of lets his hands fall to the side. Yeah. And it's, I don't know what it is the gesture he's giving, but he's just like opening up his palms and he's release. Yeah. And I think that's such a great poetic choice for this movie to do and it reminded me of that of he and other things I've seen and I was like I that moment made me just go I love it
0: yeah and like, that actor and it, made, that it,
1: it's like, and it just feels you can feel him going I finally get to let this one thing go
0: yeah yeah and uh, like another moment i noticed this time is when Princess is uh, on Ramrod's bed the first time and and he's kissing her neck and you could just see her squirm of just like Ugh. how much she hates this psychopath touching her. Yeah. And this is a prostitute. And like how much she hates this horrendous human being touching her. And then and then he lifts his head and looks at her and like the she puts the smile back on her yes. face. It's that's a that's a, that's an amazing actor. Yeah.
1: That that move, I agree with that one stood out to me too, because I was just like, ooh. You're playing the part.
0: Yeah. I'm watching you play the part, and that's amazing to, to yeah, see. Yeah, and just to have filmmakers who, like, they've given this budget. Yeah, it's called Vice Squad. Because I know this movie was developed with the title of, at first. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> like, totally. I know that. Of just going, no, I don't want to make it let's make a movie. Let's make a good movie. Yeah. Like, we don't want to just rush through. I don't want to make crap.
1: Yeah. And thank God they did. They yeah. really just went, at, like whoever, they didn't say no or whatever. And whoever didn't get in the way, good for them. Yeah. Because I think it, it, you can't, they came out with something that's going to live on. If you see it, like I'll remember this. Yeah. And we haven't talked about an, another moment that reminds me of like PT Anderson in like Boogie Nights, just because there's weird worlds in his movie. When she goes to that, what Coco sends her to, yeah. her client. So weird. And it's brilliant. She shows up. The chauffeur brings her to this rich house. She goes into a room. You're like, what's going on? She comes out. She's wearing a wedding dress. Sexy wedding yeah, dress. Yeah, sexy wedding dress. <laughs> music of a wedding's going on. So you're first like, okay, we're going to walk into like a fake wedding so this guy has a fantasy of fucking a, wife, a bride. yeah. But then... It even gets weirder. She goes into a room. She's said not to speak. Just go in there alone. And then there's a fucking coffin with a dude in it. <laughs> and then this is one of the greatest comedic moments, and I love it, is so the guy comes to life. It freaks her out, and she just yells at this guy. It's like, what the fuck? You scared the... Whatever she says. Like, you, you scared the shit out of me. You almost give me a heart attack. Like, yeah, I loved all that moment. That moment was so, so funny truthful. and truthful. And again, it remi- I keep saying it, but it just reminds me of like when I read Elmore Leonard books, and I'm like... God,
0: these characters are so and believable. The guy and the bitches about it. He's like, you're he's not mm-hmm. supposed to talk. And she doesn't care. And she just keeps living into a morgue. Those characters. And, and hey. we never do find out what the hell the guy was looking for. Like, yeah. what, hit, what was his thing? What it was like, 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 you to, you're, you're like, you're coming back to life to yeah. have sex with a hooker? Like, like what's going on? Like, you're not trying to scare her because you'd, you'd want, really want to have her bad, have sex yeah, with you. you. Like, you'd want it like them. You, if, if you were trying, if you're getting off and scaring her, then you wouldn't mind them talking. Yeah. So, like, what were you... He like, never explains it. Yeah, never but I love they don't. He's yeah. just upset. and He's like, you ruined it. You talked. Get Remove her. I don't want her anymore. And, and, he, and, he, and the chauffeur says, there's a cab waiting for you. Well, I'm not fucking paying it.
1: Well, it's been taken <laughs> care of. And then he's like, when do you... Are you on tomorrow? She's like, what do you say? T- why? Uh, I love that conversation.
0: He's like, well, I'm off tomorrow. I was just like, these characters are Just to are so- take the time. Just to take the time to, to have, have those moments. Because you've got so much tension built into this story just from the dramatic question. Like, yeah. where, like this whole movie is who are they going to find first? Mm-hmm. Are they going to find him first, her first, or her dead first? Like, yeah. like that's, that's it. That's all it is 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 Ramrod's trying to find her and kill her, and they're trying to find her to save her. Like the, that's as simple as it gets. Yeah.
1: And that, you're, that's driving you the whole time. And yeah. then they get these great moments that are aside. Because they build... And weirdly, they beer they build to the tension. They don't slow it down. Yeah, they build it because you're like, this is going on. He's getting closer. How the hell is she getting doing this while there's this other wow, insane and thing? And they going do to
0: Coco and just like how terrifying. Oh, uh, Coco's that death of Coco's terrifying.
1: Then when he shows up and hits the other girl, yeah. that's terrible. Everything he does, he's just mayhem on the yeah
0: on the yeah. Fucking, like, what do you excited? I, just uh, another slightly off topic of just that to me. That's the great question of of society of all great political philosophies of. all a great cultural philosophies is what do we do with the psychopaths what do we do with the sociopaths what do we do with these people who pretend to play by our rules who don't yeah and, and it, until because like every, none of you to go back to um, uh, you know like the nature of man and, and the state of nature and like they go no 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 with, with man back to this point they're all like this. And, like, they never account for the sociopath. Like, the, the, everyone yeah. is like this in this situation. Like, nope, there's still the sociopath yes. who's going to be doing something different. And, like, yeah. every every political philosophy is based on what the state of nature is, and none of them account for the sociopath. And, like, until we figure that out, how do you deal with the Ramrods of the world? And, the, and, and at least Ramrod is – is vocalized like we know who he is he's a pimp he's a murderer like he won't live to 50 or 60 yeah he knows what he is but there are people out there that are just as psychopathic that are in society who've hidden it better who've hidden it well yeah they're walking among us they're walking among us and you'll never know until it's most likely too yeah. late. Yeah, like Ramrod's not scared of consequences, but those people are like, well, I don't want to go to jail, so I'm not going to kill anyone. Yeah, they get the, they 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 pay attention to the rules yeah. even more than someone like yeah because they need to. But like if they don't if they don't think anyone's looking if they don't think they're going to get caught they don't get locked out. Yeah, they yeah. don't care. So like that's one of the, I love I just love this bad guy It is – it is and I think also because. Like in the 80s, like later 80s and 90s, our bad guys started to get – because everyone fell in love with another great bad guy, Hans Gruber. You know, it was like another great bad guy from Die Hard and such a different like uh, English accent. He had a nice accent, nice suit or German accent. He had a nice suit, sophisticated. And I think we kind of fell in love with those bad guys. Oh, we very much did. And we forgot about these other bad guys. And this kind of bad guy is – like the closest thing we get to them, like we don't spend as much time with them. Like, right. like a total psychopath like Jason or you know, like that, we won't the closest follow thing them I around. Could, yeah, <laughs> we don't follow them around. They'll pop up and they'll be immersed, but we won't follow them around like we follow. Yeah, the closest Ooh. thing I think to this,
1: and it's still not the same, is the Joker in the Dark Knight. Yeah, that's interesting. It's, but yeah. I don't think I don't think it reaches. I don't think it reaches this level, and the reason why is. Um, <clears throat> is that in, like, Dark Knight, it's still presented as a guy that wears makeup. Yeah. He still, like, feels otherworldly. It's like, this guy came out of nowhere. It's almost like he materialized. Yeah. This guy, Ramrod, you believe fuck, someone raised this guy. He went to high school. Yeah. This guy grew up to be this. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's I think Ramrod is scarier than the Joker. I think so too. I believe Ramrod. <laughs> <laughs> I believe. You know, Ram, yeah. Like I
0: love Heath Ledger as the Joker. Don't get me wrong, but I fucking I'm more scared I'm of fucking Ramrod. I I I believe I will probably run into a Ramrod. I do not believe I'm going to run into the Joker. Yeah, you no, know, he never like, will. Like, Joker's more of like what we talked about with Joseph Campbell. He's like, hey, you're, a Rod. Rod. you're a metaphor for Ramrod. You're a metaphor You're fucking Ramrod. You're a metaphor for Ramrod.
1: That's
0: exactly what it is. Oh,
1: uh, before I get to the movie uh, we'll wrapping up about a Vice Squad, but before I get to the last question, I want to ask you, I have to toot my own horn a little that even though I didn't mo- know most of these actors, I actually know one of the actors in this movie. Yeah. Yeah, that was really. that and I was which like, one was it? It's so Pepe uh, Serna, and the mm-hmm. reason I know, know him and like I I know him like I, I'm an acquaintance. If I ran into him, I actually could talk to him and have a, like a good conversation. Because sure. one, he's just one of the nicest people I've ever met. That's in this industry, mm-hmm. especially because he's like one of those guys that like God. I hope I can like get to a point where like I turn my brain off to not want more success or like that, like because he's that kind of actor that I'm like. You're in a lot of movies like this, and you have this great career, but you're not, like, demanding there to be more. And I can tell you love every time you work. Yeah. He loves every—like, he just loves life. And I was like, fuck, I want to emulate that guy. Yeah. And I know I'm struggling to do that right now. Yeah. <laughs> but I've used this podcast as a therapy. But, <laughs> like, so— uh He's just a great guy, and I met him because I'm in a move. My first feature film that got me eligible, and then I right after doing, it, I moved to LA, or not my first, my second. Sorry, it was a movie called White on Rice, but it was my first SAG, right? And it got a great director named Dave, uh, Dave Boyle, who's gone on to do a, a movie a year or two ago that went big like festival wise and stuff in the indie scene and peppy's in that as well but he plays us another role in this movie of like a funny uh college professor to the main character that's uh japanese and so i just met him through i never was in a scene with him i just met him at the premieres of white and rice and he's just a nice guy and then occasionally i'll turn on a movie and he'll pop up like this like the only other one was uh the Um, Buckaroo uh, Banzai he's in that too so he's a Latino guy one of the two the the, the comic relief, the comic relief. Yeah. Pepe's the Latino They're one it's driving the car that Ramrod gets his legs around. Yeah. That's Pepe, and I was just like, as soon as I saw him, I was like, he's in this, and then I loved how much he was in. Oh it. Yeah. yeah, and I was like, this is great. He's C three PO, two D two in this movie, and he's
0: good. Yeah, he's such a fucking good actor, and I'm just like, damn, I'm glad I know there's good actors. Yeah, there's so many. I was, uh, I can't remember the name. I feel bad. It's the the actor in uh, Breaking Bad who was the uh, brother-in-law from the Fed? Um I can't remember his name. I feel terrible. Uh cuz I should he's such a good actor. But I was watching Lethal Weapon 2 a few weeks ago. No, he's in it. He's I know in it. I
1: know I can't think of anything He's he's and he's he's in both of them. He's in the first and then he's he in gets, the first one too. Yeah, because they established those guys and they brought and him they back and them back and they kill them
0: all. And like so many of these actors who have been like working for decades, yeah, working consistently uh, raising families and like a nice middle maybe hopefully upper middle class life and like it's so impressive to maintain that over the years like you've got one you got to be good enough to do it which is tough and then two people are constantly working with you over and over again which means you're great to work with like yeah. people like like it's, it's it's such an impressive feat to see someone stay in this business as a working professional because we always think of stars and like we forget about the working professionals like like it's it's amazing to me to be able to pull that off. Coming from that that point of view of like being an actor myself and
1: sort of been out here seven years and kind of like hit my own personal wall, I'm realizing it's a lot to do with that that even though I'm trying to play the part that like I don't want fame in this, I might not realize how much I'm too much working to get it yeah. and thinking about the wrong goals rather than looking at like that, his career and going, That's what I all I want. Yeah, I don't want the recognition or the, the you want the recognition in the sense of just the next job. Yeah, and that's more important to actually be able to work rather than the oh, uh, everybody's gonna give me a pass or everybody's gonna love me, which essentially is what if you look at stars is what. You look at you go. Well, everybody loves them. I want to be loved by everybody. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Which is natural. I get, it. Sure, we I get it. We all do. We all do. We all want to be. Everyone loves Raymonds. Yeah. But I'm realizing that's not. I'm coming to a point right now, and I'm trying to figure out how I can rewire myself to not think that way anymore. Yeah. Because I'm knowing right now where I'm at. It's being destructive rather than helpful.
0: It's so destructive. Like
1: I'm getting like I should be happy, more happy, about every little job I get and be like that's the fucking like even a sketch be like this is the and I am when I'm doing the job. Yeah. Like that's the thing. When I'm doing the job, I fucking love being there. But it's the fact that I'm not carrying that over when I'm offset. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And I think I have to find the way, whether whatever it is to rewire and be like, that's the joy. The fact that I'm able to do this, yeah. Rather and than a, the well, why am I not getting my big break? Who gives a shit? Yeah. There's other people around me that get those,
0: and it's just that's the dice. There are there are two two things. One, it's so natural to do it. Like, and, then, and even outside the business, people do it. You know, uh, I mean, just being born in this country. Is an amazing thing. It really is. You know, just like that compared to like the the billions upon billions of people who've existed on this planet, our quality of life, just by being like Americans in uh, Los Angeles— doing improv or, or writing yeah. or like like it's like it's such it's such an amazing gift and and yet we have to remind ourselves of that rather than it becoming natural because the most natural thing is to go wait wait he got how much for that script he got yeah how much? it's such a it's natural me going, well, stupid oh, I'm not on a, i'm
1: not on this team yeah i'm not being asked to be like yeah on
0: these but these so people how, do you, like, how can... do you do it i guess the only way is like when you just catch yourself and go oh look at me being an idiot again yeah, I think I've it gotta is that, remind myself. And, it, and
1: and it's not. It's allowing yourself to just remind yourself not because I have. I, why am I? am using you as my therapist right now. <laughs> uh, it's it's also don't get mad at yourself for thinking yeah. that because I tend to go like, yeah, don't well, judge I, the thought. I man. judge myself of like, you're now a terrible person because you thought you wanted all this, and now you're never. You know what I mean? Whereas I gotta get, I gotta get also used to just going, hey man, that was just a dumb thought, and they happen. Yeah, just move on, let it go. You know it was a dumb thought. Everybody has them. It's cool. Just keep doing it.
0: Yeah. We're, we're <laughs> sitting at a table talking to microphones right now. In a very hot room. Yeah, yeah in a very hot room. <laughs> like, how much fun is this? Yeah, I'm having like, a good, like, great yeah. time. I'm, I mean, like, it's, we're so room. Room. like, we're so fortunate. Like, we're so fortunate. I get just, to do this.
1: And I can tell you right now that, like, in a situation that I am, if I was to lay out certain things in my life right now, there are people that have the same like layout or like well I can't do any I don't have any fun time and I'm like yeah. well I'm able to sit across the table and talk with a friend about a cool movie I just saw and I, it's like I'm a fucking lucky son of a bitch yeah. and I gotta stop act
0: like I need more yeah I, <laughs> I, I, can, I can tell you just from my experience I, I will have joined the writers guild 20 years ago this November 20 years ago this November and uh, I made a lot of I had my most success and money early on in my career, um, and there is a direct correlation to the amount of gratitude I have in the moment. To uh, it, it is a leading indicator to where my career is going, and when I am excited and grateful for what's going on, it is an indicator that things will continue to go well. And then those moments, particularly when I was drunk off my ass and, and a tongue chewing drunk, uh-huh. uh, where I felt entitled, I felt uh, more special than I was, and I felt that uh, I wasn't getting the success and money that I, I deserved. That that was a leading indicator of my career slowing down. And I felt that, and, and, and I'm not even. And, I'm, and I was creating it. And like yeah. the point is, is not like, I wasn't seeing it in the future. It's, I was creating it by that attitude. And uh, the last few years have been very good to me. And it's mostly just having left the business and coming back. And outside of stupid occasional thoughts, which I will have, uh, for the most part, feeling so grateful that I am still in this business, that I pay my rent through it. So grateful I get to teach. Uh, Grateful that I get to write material that I want to write. I work with people I want to work with. And um, life's the business side of it. I'm not rich. Like, there's so many writers making so much more, right? But I, I, yet, I just, I just feel so fortunate. I'm at where I'm at. I think that's great to hear because it gives me a little. It,
1: it, it fuels a little more of like, okay, I'm not stuck being this person all the time. Yeah, because I. This is going to be a weird thing. I'm going to reveal right now. I think that state that you just told me about in your career. I think I had that the last two years of my, me being on Harold.
0: Do yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Like
1: I think I poisoned the well a little, and yeah. if I could, I'd sit like a lot of my play my friends that I was on teams with, and be like, "Hey, man, Mr. Town City, I I'm sorry if I ever was." Too negative,
0: Yeah. Because it was, but it wasn't you guys. It was me. Was it a sense of like, they're like not only not being grateful for where you were, but kind of annoyed. You weren't somewhere else somewhere yeah, that you was, perceived I as think, better.
1: Yeah. I think it was more of like, uh, why am I not being better? Why am I not getting the praise that I think? Yeah. I, and I think that looking back on, it, I'm like, man, I really fucked things over. Not that I, it, I, I still did great work. And I, and I would say that right now that everybody on those teams would be like, probably immediately say like no man you were fine yeah we loved everything you did but the fact that i know in my head that i yeah. was fucking knocking those those down it makes me go motherfucker you could have been you, a better you, person during you could that. have been a better person during yeah. all of that but what you're saying is like you can acknowledge that and you still become the better person that you should have been and i think that's what i'm getting to is like I just need to acknowledge, like, man, you were an idiot for those fucking, like, the last three years I feel like I've been an idiot.
0: Now it's time to work on not yeah. being the idiot anymore. Yeah, because that awareness because... takes the excuse out of it now. It's like, <laughs> now, okay, now you're kind of aware that yeah. you're an idiot. And if you continue to be an idiot, well, now you're just kind of a jerk. Yeah, and I think I might
1: have been a jerk in the last the last year Yeah, without knowing it. I think I maybe a little bit right now I might be a jerk and I'll just I have to just own up to being sort of a jerk and it kind of turned maybe a little with some of my friends off to me Yeah, and I go why are my friends not hanging out with me and it's probably because I'm a little bit of a jerk a little bit of a jerk and I've, now I gotta work on not being that jerk and even if it's a small subconscious way just sure. stop being that jerk stop being that jerk <laughs> <laughs> but then again like bringing it back to the movie we watched because with you stop being a jerk and you acknowledge you have these idiot moments and you can try to at least try to be a better person. You end up offering the world something that lasts a little longer. Yeah, Something like Vice Squad <laughs> that I think you end up going, oh, look, we didn't we weren't trying to fucking go for like the gold medal. We were just trying to make a good film. Yeah. And we gave we're it trying our to best. tell this
0: story the we, best we could.
1: And they did it. Yeah. And I think that's what we have to continue to try to do is tell our own stories of the best ability to do it wow I'm glad we went there <laughs> thanks Tom <laughs> uh, thanks for all the like 10 people that will probably listen yeah. to this but
0: um, my mom will listen to this great love that uh, she, uh, she, she listens to the podcast that I guest on love it <laughs> love it. thank you thank you um, but I have one last question
1: sure. as we wrap up Um so this podcast, I it's all about uh, I will watch anything once. Sure. But I want to ask you, are there movies, especially yours, you're definitely a movie buff guy, are there movies that you at all ever avoid and try to and you kinda go go out of the way not to see or avoid them to a certain degree?
0: Um, that you Yeah. I don't think so. I mean I, I don't I don't think there's T V shows I avoid, but I, I Why are those TV shows? Why are you avoiding uh, those TV shows? My biggest pet peeve with T V shows that sound like they should be movies oh yeah well, can you give me an example of one th- Uh, I, I try not to be too critical of anyone openly you know uh, like can, in a negative we can, way we can keep but it, like we you can, said like we can keep it the yeah. 10 people who realize it is um, there was a uh, but I don't think what you're about to say I don't think it means like oh this movie's the shahivi show is shit. Oh, no, 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 you're just saying it oh, just this feels like it should have been a movie. This should have for been you. a movie or a limited series. Great. Okay. One of the two. Like um uh you know, like Revenge. Like I didn't watch Revenge. I heard the prom like, oh, she comes back to get revenge on the people who uh, passively or actively killed her parents. Right. I went, Oh, that's a movie. They're gonna they're gonna run out of story yeah, how do in you keep about twenty two episodes right. and I don't wanna be invested in it when they do. And so I avoid it. And then, lo and behold, after season two, they ran out of story. It was great. Everyone loved the first season. Right. But like, think of how, what a great series that would have been if it was a limited series. Yeah. Like It could have been a classic series, and now it's known as a series that ran out of steam. Right. Uh, and it's because it was conceived as a limited story that needs to be contained rather than an engine that creates stories makes sense I, I I dig that and that could be either maybe somebody did originally
1: we don't know the guys, they could have been like we just want to do this and then the studio's like well this made a bunch of money
0: you gotta do more and it's like yeah. fuck yeah I mean the American in. model is to have five or six seasons because that's where all the money is yeah exactly uh, but hopefully that's changing like obviously um um American horror story is oh, yeah, you know, like they're essentially limited series from mm-hmm. one season after another FX has really embraced the limited series um, it's definitely working so, for them. Yeah, so I think that helps a lot having these extra markets like Netflix and iTunes. Sure. Like, okay, we don't have to go six seasons to make. They still want a franchise. That's the thing. Yeah, They still want it. But there's foreign markets. Did you get a chance to see um, uh, The Night Manager? I haven't, but I've heard it's wonderful. It's really good. It's I mean really, really good. And that's very much a limited series. Like, they're not trying to create separate limited series under this banner it's like totally limited Just like, series this is it yeah I need um, to watch that but I think they got a lot of their money uh, one I think the BBC which will give money to these things and I think also they did a lot of foreign sales on that cool uh, and so they were able to like I think it's six episodes um, I, I'm loving the, the shorter up
1: the shorter seasons. I love them because yeah. I just got into and I just went blasted through the first two seasons, and I'm excited. There's two more coming. Uh, the BBC movie that Hulu picked up. Uh, Which ca- one? Ca- uh, uh, catat- why can't I say the word? Catastrophe. Catastrophe. I couldn't say it for a minute. Catastrophe. Yeah. With uh, Sharon, uh, Hogden, and um, Rob Delaney. Oh my! Is that is that the uh, british it's british it's I had no uh, t- idea. it takes over overseas it's in uk the whole the whole premise is, is that an american man and a woman have like a what they assume is like a not a one night stand but like a like a weekend romp together mm-hmm. and she ends up pregnant and then it just goes from there and I think uh, it's beautiful. Like, it's one of my favorite things I've seen That's since great, I And mean, yeah. each season is only 30-minute episodes with six episodes. That's great. And mm-hmm. I was like, this is perfect. And the writing is so good. Apparently, she I think she won a BAFTA for yeah. it, Sharon, and maybe shared it with Rob. But it's so good. I was just like— It's it's such a nice there's format. There's so much touching moments yeah. in it. And it's like—and at the same time, I feel like it's setting me up for maybe a little bit of disaster because I'm like—I watch it, and I go, oh, just— <laughs> this is the kind of relationship I want. <laughs> like, and I'm like, God damn it, Dave. Don't set yourself up for like wanting something that you, yeah, you can't the, plan the, on. The wanting will kill you. <laughs> you can't want, you can't t- dictate oh, yeah. what
0: relationship you're going to get when you get in
1: one. <laughs> you just have to work with what you got and make it this work. This is
0: not the relationship I wanted. I have to go to someone else. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't agree with that. I don't like that idea. Well, I guess we'll end on that. Yeah, we'll end on, <laughs> we'll end on your, your wanting of a certain kind of relationship. I don't, the thing is, I never know. That. Of course, you have the thought. That's the thing. Everybody it? has those thoughts. You right? have the thought, and you go, "Oh, what it really?" I. You can't. Uh, that. So we're not going to end this just yet. I Ooh. I consistently like I have those weird thoughts where I go, "What if I did this thing that is totally, incredibly inappropriate?" Like if like I remember being like on the front row of seeing. Uh, Baryshnikov do Metamorphosis on Broadway. This was a long time ago. Yeah. And I was in the front row and I could not stop getting the idea out of my mind of, God, what would happen if I ran on stage? If I just jumped on stage and like, what would they do? How could they handle it? How would they... <laughs> I, yeah, which, what would they do? Yeah, I don't know, but I like constantly like I've had times where I have, like people were really leaning in, and it'll be like a guy, and I'm a straight guy, and I'd be like, man, if I kissed him right now, it would freak him the fuck out? Uh, what would he do? I think kissing, uh, yeah, just, like, just, like, just, like like having, having so the, those too. weird those thoughts of like the, what is the most socially inappropriate thing I could do right now, and no thought will come to mind, and then just recognizing like if if your thought patterns create those stupid thoughts. How many other stupid thoughts do you have that you don't recognize as stupid thoughts? Right. I do one. I want to, I have to add to that because
1: I, this, this flash in my brain to do it happens multiple times a year. I'll be like in a restaurant and like either when I'm like with people or just in a restaurant alone and I'm passing somebody else with food on their table I, I have a flash to grab it like I literally like always like, like what would happen what would happen if I
0: just grab their food right now what would they do like how would they would they be mad would I mean, they be one shocked? of these days you have to test it Like what are they, God, oh, I'm going to run out of stage one of these days yeah there's some point it's I'm going to crack right and just be like I gotta see what happens
1: yeah let's all see what happens how long did we talk did oh. you time it yeah we've been going Yeah, but how long? Like an hour and 18. God,
0: God, it's a long conversation. It's great. I would never have noticed. I'm just trying to grab Who's listening? Yeah. I'm listening. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Tom,
1: for inducing me to device squad. Thank you. If you want more from Tom Vaughn, you can follow him on Twitter at Tom Vaughn. That's spelled T-O-M V-A-U. G-H-N at Tom Vaughn. Also he is a great teacher of screenwriting. I've taken his 101 course to learn how to write a screenplay and it was wonderful. I hope I can take his next level of 201 soon. But if you're interested in writing screenplays and want someone to guide you through it in a very clear and precise way that will definitely help you bring your story to the page, check out his website, story and plot.com that will show the upcoming classes that are starting soon I think his next class is starting on January 24th so definitely check that out it will make you um, take that leap into screenwriting that you've always wanted to take and make it easy it'll be easy it'll be an ease Um, screenwriting isn't necessarily easy you gotta sit down and do it but Tom Vaughn will show you the tools to help you get there with storyandplot.com Definitely check that out. Thank you again for listening to the podcast. You can keep up to date on anything to do with the podcast by following it on Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat with the handle at I-W-W-A-O. As well as there is a Facebook page. Please follow that. And a Tumblr. I will watch anything once at tumblr.com. And you as a listener, if you have a movie that you think I should be watching and discussing on the podcast, please um, send a, a tweet, send a direct message online, or email me at IWillWatchAnythingOnce at gmail.com. I would love to find out what movies my listeners will think I should be watching, or TV shows, or anything. Heck, um, if you just want me to watch a commercial, tell me to watch that commercial and I'll talk about it. But thank you again for listening to the podcast. If you can, please go onto iTunes and please rate, review, and subscribe. That will bring more listeners to the podcast. And a quick reminder, using the promo code ONCE at DevastatorPress.com will get you 10% off of any purchase of a book from that great publisher. Thank you again, and remember, if you haven't seen it once, you can't complain. Nutra Valley peanut butter nut treat.
0: treat. What'd you? Yeah, I, it felt like I was eating candy for breakfast. I had a gluten-free bagel with vegan cream cheese. That sounds great.
1: Is it that vegan cheese that you introduced to me yeah, at the uh, at the farmer's market when we met up with me that one day with yes. Bernie? Yeah, God, that cheese is good. I need, yeah. to, go. I need to. I need to get some extra dough. I need to oh, go get so some. Good the first ever vegan cheese I've ever enjoyed.
0: Yeah, they, ever. Do. they do a great job. Yes, they do.
1: This has been a Boardwalk Audio podcast. For
0: more information and shows, visit BoardwalkAudio.com. Don't forget to rate and subscribe now.